Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Coming up in just a few minutes, the unbelievable ripoff affecting people with diabetes in the United States. I'm going to talk about it in today's Clark Rageous Moment, what people are doing about it with the failure of Washington to do something about it, what consumers are doing, taking control to save their lives. And coming up later, speaking of Washington, there are new rules involving air pollution that were announced earlier today with great fanfare. I want to tell you what's really going on and how this might affect the air you breathe. So there is something that if you go back just six months ago, we were having to ration calls onto our show from people wanting to talk with me about cryptocurrencies. It was all the rage fall of last year into winter And then suddenly, the calls just stopped. They just stopped. And the reason is, it became a mania. There were all these what were called ICOs, initial coin offerings, and they were all the children of Bitcoin. Not related to it, but the idea. And so what happened was, six months ago, Bitcoin hit roughly $18,000 a Bitcoin. Now, this is a made-up money that is not issued by any government or anything like that, and it's surrounded by secrecy. Well, since it hit $18,000 a coin, a Bitcoin, it then dropped, about three months ago, dropped to about 3000 and change. Now today, it's trading at about $9,000. So you have something that six months ago was $18,000 a coin, then three months ago, roughly 3000 a coin, and now today, $9,000 a coin. What could be wrong with that? Well, the idea of a cryptocurrency, it came out of the thought pattern that people no longer trusted government money and that governments are running these big budget deficits around the world and all that, and that if you created these coins, you got you away from government It also allowed people involved in criminal activities to be able to hide and launder money. And so it's always been an area that's had a certain shadow cast over it. But the big problem is that real money does not change in value dramatically over time, except if you're Venezuela. And so if you take something like Bitcoin or any of the others, They go up and down, up and down like a roller coaster that'll leave you sick to your stomach or leave you completely elated on the way up. That's not real. Something that's real is something you can have in your pocket and know what it's going to be worth pretty much day after day after day. So in my mind, even if somebody calls me and says, I've made a fortune in such and such cryptocurrency. I don't care. Because how many stores take it? How many bills do you have that you can pay for whatever you're buying? 
And how efficient is it to convert it into the money that you despise, it's real money, that you use to pay for it? The underlying idea of it, the way the, the electronic ledger is kept, is an idea that a lot of people involved with what's known as monetary theory are very interested and excited by. And now there's a new consortium that is completely an establishment kind of consortium that Visa and MasterCard and PayPal are part of, um, Facebook is part of it, along with many other companies in a cryptocurrency called Libra that is based on actual the value of real money, various currencies around the world, and will get approval from regulators in every state of the United States before they actually can launch and whatever countries they want to go to follow their procedures to launch. As to whether Libra will work or not as an alternative payment system, I don't know. But this is more the promise of it that allows, let's say you're a small business and you're buying goods for your business elsewhere in the world. Right now, your bank eats you alive on paying for whatever goods you're buying with these rip-off fees you have to pay to take your dollars that you're paying for merchandise and convert them into the currency of whatever country you're buying those goods in. The idea of this is you wouldn't have to worry about that. There would be no banker's take, which interestingly enough is why no banks are involved in this consortium setting this up. Is for you and me as an everyday consumer, I'm not clear yet how this really fits in your and my life, lives unless you travel internationally. But this is much more what the promise of a crypto would be than any of the malarkey that's gone on over these years. Again, I don't care what you've made on spec because real money would not go up and down with such craziness like the cryptos have to this point. Kenny is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Kenny. Hi, Clark. How are you today? Great. Thank you, Kenny. So you are someone who has had great success career-wise, and that comes with some complications, doesn't it? It sure does. Tell me what's going on. So I'm considered at my organization a highly compensated employee, and it sometimes limits my contributions uh, to the 401k, the company's 401k. Yuck. So I'm trying to, uh, I I wanted to ask about additional sources that I can contribute to. Um, I contributed into uh, a Roth IRA and um, an IRA already, and I was wondering if there's some other instruments that I can use to save money for. So you're considered to be highly compensated at your employer, but you still earn under the limit where you can contribute six grand into a Roth IRA? Yes. That's great. So you want to do that. Um, Whether I would contribute anything to a traditional IRA, likely not. Okay. Um, I'd like you to do all your contributions to the Roth version. And with that 401k at work, do they offer you both the traditional and the Roth? No, it's just a traditional. Okay. So then that's a 
a balance there because you'll have your pre-tax pile of money you're building up at work and your mm-hmm. post-tax pile of money you're building up away from work in your Roth IRA. And okay. so I'm guessing the employer has no match that there's not enough participation in the 401k? They have a match. It's just, um, and it's, a, it's a pretty decent match. Um, it's like uh, 50 cents on the dollar of the first 3000 I think, or something like that. Um, but then, you know, sometimes during the course of the year, they'll tell us that, you know, they perform their test and the ACEs are outpacing the non-ACEs, so we need to stop contributing to the, to the plan. And so that, that then leaves additional funds that I'd like to save for retirement sure. that I'm not able to. All right. Do you have access through the health plan at work to an HSA? No, we don't have an HSA. Oh, man. That's a, yeah. that, that was my go-to is another place for you to stash money. So yeah. in your case, if you want to save additional money, the goal would be for long-term, not for uh, shorter intermediate term, like buying a house or anything like that? Right, right. And have okay. you built up a rainy day fund yet? I have. Okay. I have. So what I would look at next is what's known as index fund investing because even though it's not going to be tax-free like your Roth, it's very tax-favored under the tax code. And with the investing you do, you're probably familiar with what an index fund is, but if you're not, I can explain it. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and explain it? Okay, so what an index fund is, the most well-known and popular is the S&P 500 index fund where Uh they just buy little pieces of the 500 largest stocks in the country. Mm-hmm. And then there are equivalents for international stocks. Then there's something called the total stock market or broad market index funds where they own big companies, small companies in between. They try to buy every publicly traded company in the country in a ratio of how much they represent of the economy. And so when you buy an index fund, There's not a lot of buying and selling of shares or stocks in it. So the tax treatment is fantastic. You have very little taxation year to year. And then when you sell it, your your sales of stocks are taxed at a much more favorable rate called long-term capital gains rates. So as the next step, if you want to save even more money, I really love that as the alternative. Okay. And you can Perfect. buy those. At, do you do business with any of my low-cost children, Fidelity, Schwab, Vanguard? I do business with Schwab. So you could just do that kind of investing with Schwab at mm-hmm. extremely low cost, almost free. Right. I mean, Fidelity yeah. has some funds like these that are free, no, obviously no commission, and then no expenses at all. But Schwab is so cheap that you're good since you already do business with them. Just put some money in their ultra-low-cost wide index fund, and you're good. And, you know, you'll have bad years from time to time, but the goal is long-term. You have money that's going to grow nicely for you and be treated well under tax under tax issues. Ben is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Ben. Hi, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, Ben. Um, how much are you lending me today? 
<laughs> well, uh, you know, you uh, might be interested because this is for a potential property in uh, one of your favorite places, Hawaii. So, uh, you know, we can talk later after the show. Wonderful. <laughs> What's going on in Hawaii? Well, I have a friend who's uh, found a home that he would like to purchase. And although he's very responsible with his money, uh, he didn't note a couple of things on his credit, uh, such as high temporary utilization and uh, some small negative elements that are uh, preventing him from getting really the best uh, available rates uh, currently. Um, so our discussion was for me to loan him uh, the money in lieu of a mortgage for less than one year while he cleans up his uh, credit a little bit and also uh, you know, puts a substantial amount of uh, renovation into the property and then uh, will plan to refinance. Okay, how so, much of a percent of the purchase price would your friend be able to put down as a down payment? Yeah, he has plenty of cash, so he would be able to put down a good you know, 20 to 25%. Okay, I'm fine with you doing that, but you should do a mortgage just it's not going to cost that much for that for the paperwork for that and the closing for that because you need to protect your interests with the money you put into it rather than yeah. a short term a personal loan do an adjustable rate loan that is a mortgage loan secured by the property that you do with the intention of doing it for a year and if your friend's credit doesn't clear up enough in a year for them to be able to refinance in a conventional loan, then you are still already in this loan with a rate that adjusts to the market. Because yeah, you, you don't want to do something me. where you're being so generous to a point where you could hurt yourself. Of course, of course. Yeah, so that was the plan. And my main question was just the process for properly recording that. So is this something that would just happen through escrow as if I were a exactly yeah so it depends on the state you know you're used to escrow agents doing closings i don't remember how hawaii's process works but Mm -hmm. you know who whoever is the transactor whether it's a real estate lawyer or an escrow agent however it's done in the hawaiian islands that's the person who helps you with the process of doing the mortgage properly recording it at the courthouse or if they don't do it walking you through the procedure for you to do it to protect your interests because you definitely do not do something like this no matter uh your friendship or your sense of obligation you must properly protect yourself and it should not be any kind of promissory note or personal loan it needs to be a mortgage secured by the property today's clark rageous moment is something i've been on slow burn about and it's the people that are skipping their insulin with diabetes because of the way pharmaceutical companies in this country have been raising the price of insulin through the roof and everybody in Washington is too busy in their partisan battles to focus on the great harm to people's health and the potential of somebody losing their lives because insulin's got to the point that people cannot afford to buy it. I don't know if you've heard, there are caravans that are traveling to Canada where you don't even need a prescription to buy the insulin that requires a prescription in the United States. People are going across the border buying it for about eight cents on the dollar what it costs in the United States. This is 
the kind of thing when you see the breakdown in trust between the political parties and the lack of ability to function that has real effect on real people with significant harm. You know, I computed that for people who need insulin, that for most of the country, it's even worth it if you're far away from the Canadian border to buy an airline ticket, fly to Canada, buy your insulin, and fly at home, and you'll still save a fortune because of the conspiracy among pharmaceutical companies taking the price so high in the United States. We've got to fix this thing with prescription drugs and prices in the United States, and this is an example of a system that is broken and is crying out for attention. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Uh, Our main website, Clark.com, and our deals site, ClarkDeals.com, where we post deals for you around the clock, seven days a week. So there's a big brouhaha that's been going on in Washington for a long time about pollution from power plants. And there was a move going all the way back to when uh, the Obama administration was in power to put uh, stringent restrictions on air pollution from power plants. And the courts put that on suspended animation. And so that's not gone anywhere. And so there's been basically no rules. So the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, with a big flourish and a pep rally, announced new rules that are going to make it possible for power plants to emit massively more pollution than would have been the case. And so there's been all kinds of misinformation leading up to today's pep rally and after the fact, and it will continue, and then there'll be new lawsuits, blah, 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 blah. And here's the reality. Here's what you should know. Air pollution from power plants for generating power is significantly lower than it was 10 years ago. And over this decade, the pollution from power plants is going to drop a whole lot more. And it doesn't require government mandates or anything like that. It just simply requires that economics rule the day. The reality, coal is not cost-effective as a source of power pretty much most anywhere in the country. So that's why coal plants have been closing one after another, after another, after another. And for people who work in the coal industry, this has been brutal. And uh, so many people have lost the source of income, the way of life that they had been in. The jobs are not coming back, no matter what. And the EPA is saying that it's okay to have more pollution. It's not going to make any difference because ultimately economics rule and power now can be generated so much cheaper than the way we used to get it. And in state after state where there's competition, the amount of polluting energy 
has been steadily declining. And in states with free market, it declines quicker. Because all the power producer wants to do is make as much profit as they can. And new sources of energy burn energy so much cleaner. So I know you'll hear in the media how the sky is going to fall here. There's going to be massive pollution, increase in people with asthma and all that. And that's not going to happen. As long as we let economics rule, we're going to be fine. Now, if there's any market manipulation to subsidize coal, that would be a problem. But if you just let the free market do its thing, wind and solar have become so much cheaper than that, and natural gas has become an enormous help in reducing air pollution in the United States. Is uh, So much power is now generated by natural gas. So this is, this is a good era we're in in terms of pollution, no matter what the politicos do or the courts rule. Judy joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Judy. Hey, Clark. Hey, I'm trying to follow your advice, and I'm getting a little bit of a backlash from my insurance agent, okay? I'm shopping for cheaper rates, like, of course, you always um, suggest. Um, yeah, I like for rate- people to shop auto insurance every 36 months. 36, okay, I didn't. I waited just a year because That's I fine. thought, you know what? Why not? I'm going to see if there's something cheaper because this, in a year, mine had gone up 50 bucks. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to shop around. So I called my agent and I said, um, can you get me something different than the company I've got now? And she said, well, that still seems to be the cheapest, you know, because they only represent a certain amount of um, companies. Well, you know, so, I should say most agents you call or what are known as captive agents. Right. And they can only quote from one company or its affiliates. So they're not really shopping the market for you unless they have the logo on their website or on their door or whatever that's the independent agent logo. And, right, and they and they are, and they're okay. and she. I think they represent eight or nine, so you know it's a it's a pretty good handful, but it's not all of them. But anyway, this is the one I went with last year because it was the cheapest. Okay, nothing has happened this year. No claims, no nothing. I'm older, you know, I'm seventy two, so I don't know if that makes a difference. And I live in Tampa, in a kind of a busy part of Tampa, but really nothing else has changed. Nothing, no address change, no nothing. And it just goes up on its own. So I said to her, I said, well, you know, I'm going to shop around because I've heard, I didn't mention your name, of course, but I said, I've heard that um, insurance companies are, do not treat their loyal customers the right way. And she said, oh, that's not true at all. Oh, she that said, is. They, let me tell you something. That is so documented that yeah, in your I'm case sure. with a year, nothing, nobody would be raising rates on you at a year I know. Looking at you as somebody who's a loyal customer. I wouldn't I wouldn't think they were doing something in that case. But when somebody's been with an insurer more than a decade, Forever, they feel yeah. that you're somebody who doesn't like to change. And so they start taking advantage of you. And you go past 20, they really start taking advantage I'm of sure. you with a number of insurance companies with something they do behind your back, which is generally referred to as a loyalty index scoring model. And if you show to be somebody who's an extremely brand loyal kind of person or loyal to a company you've been with, then they use that as an opportunity to run your rates way up. 
In your case, nobody would be doing that if you've only been with them a year. Right, exactly. So it's not a loyalty thing. But anyway, I still thought I'd shop around. And so I said, and then I remember you saying something about credit influences your score. Well, they've never taken my social security number. Not the agent or, or the company does not have my social security number. So there's no way they could have even checked my credit. So I said to her, I said, what if I, you know, I don't think anybody ever checked my credit. I said, do you think that would make a big difference if I did you know, write them and say, or, you know, send back the form that says, check my credit. And she says, oh, that's not going to make a whole lot of difference. And I thought, well, that's not what Clark, I didn't want to say, that's not what Clark says. But, you know, the credit should have, does it have an influence or not? That's what I'm saying. Are you backing off that or are you going with that or what's happening with the credit and the credit? Insurance? Credit depends on the state, whether in most states credit score is allowed to be used as a determinant of your rates for auto insurance or homeowners. And in most states, it may be the number one factor setting your rate. So I'm really surprised that that was not something you were asked for your social security number to run it. What I would do just to see if your agent's right, if you just want to validate, why don't you uh, contact one of the companies that are known as direct writers, like Progressive like or State Geico. Farm or something, yeah. No, no. State Farm uses captive agents. Go to, oh. go to uh, Progressive and Geico, just as a okay. sample of two. Call them both. Have in front of you what your policy limits are. Okay. So you get a quote on the same exact stuff. Okay. And these are two big companies that principally are what are known as direct writers. You just call a toll-free oh, okay. number and they quote you. Get what rates they quote you, and then you'll have something to compare to what your independent agent has given you, and you'll have a good idea whether or not what you do have is really good, even though it has gone up in price, or if really you are paying more than you need to in the market. That's how I'd try to get to some true serum on this. Jeremy joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jeremy. Hey, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you. Okay, so my question is, uh, I have two children, uh, six and three. Um, I have an online savings account with one of the better online companies that has a high interest rate. And I also have a college 529 plan for them. And I put in monthly a small amount with, a, with a plans to up it in the future. Um, my question is, my dad recently gave both of my children $10,000 apiece for the college. Well, um, isn't that fantastic? Yeah, he, he came into some money and uh, he uh, gave them money. So it, it is really great. My question is right now I have it sitting in the online savings account and it's drawing interest uh, a month. Um, should I just take it and dump it all into the college 529? Uh, well, it, do you, if you have your kids in the age-based portfolio options in the 529s, is that what you have them in? Yes, yeah, I think it's the aggressive. Like it, 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 it I wouldn't do that. I'm a big fan of doing what's known as the age-based portfolio option, okay. where over the years, it's almost like a target retirement fund, for, but for college, where over okay. the years, your six-year-old will eventually be invested more conservatively than your three-year-old, as your six-year-old gets closer and closer to college. And then three-year-old, as the three-year-old gets older, it gets steadily more conservative. And that way, you don't have to worry that you're taking too little or too much risk. 
And okay, so I think that's what I have in me because my my three year old right now she's it's like a little bit more aggressive than my six year old. Okay, and you use the term aggressive now twice. Some states, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm glad you did because some states have um, age based portfolios that are divided out aggressive, moderate and low-risk age-based portfolio, I'm more a fan of you going, if, if your plan for your state does divide out that way, I'd like you to be in the more moderate choice okay. of the age-based I'll, portfolios. I'll and I would just slap all 10K into each child's account. Uh, or others might suggest a strategy that your dad may not agree with, and that is you front-load more money in the account of the six-year-old, and that way money the six-year-old doesn't need for college, maybe later, you then can change the designated beneficiary when the six-year-old is finishing school and move the money to the advantage of the three-year-old. Or just oh, keep it equal. Okay. That's interesting. All right. But 529 is great. How did you pick the 529 plan you have the money in? Uh, I heard you raving about it all the time. <laughs> okay, so you're in and, one of my direct sold low cost plans. Right. Perfect. All right, so that is what I'd like you in. And, you know, the reason I ask that question, Jeremy, anytime somebody tells me they already have a 529 plan, is that there's never a circumstance you should be in a 529 plan that was sold by a commission salesperson, either an insurance agent or a stockbroker. Because the expenses involved that you pay that firm or that individual for them putting you in a plan, the expenses are so high that it can wipe out much of the earnings you'd have on that 529 plan through the years to pay for your six-year-old and three-year-old's college. Jocelyn's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jocelyn. Hi. Jocelyn, you have gotten a pitch or doing secret shopping you want to run by me? Yes. So I came across an ad on the internet about secret shoppers, and I always thought it was pretty cool to do. So I filled out the information for it, and it just asked for basic information, but it did get to the screen where it asked for your card information. So as soon as it did that, I left it alone. And I thought nothing else of it because I was like, it's a scam. But... I received a text message from the company days later saying that I would receive my welcome package in the mail in my first assignment. So I just received it, and um, the letter gives me an assignment, and it's a secret shopper for Walmart. And it tells me, it gives me a breakdown of how much I get paid and uh, what it wants me to do and what a red flag was for me. It says I get paid four hundred dollars, um, but they want me to go to Walmart and buy five gift cards and put five hundred dollars on each gift card. And when I finish, take a picture of the receipt and take a picture of the gift cards after I scratch off for the code. <laughs> yep, that's what I said. This is a well-known scam. And yeah. what happens is the money they've sent you to supposedly make these purchases is yeah. counterfeit. Yeah. The check is bogus. And you deposit yeah. that check, but it won't bounce back for maybe up to six weeks. 
In the meantime, you would have bought the cards, given them the codes off of them. They would run off with that money. And then Mm -hmm. you would not know maybe for four to six weeks that you now owe all that money back to your bank and you would have been scammed. So your instincts were right. You've done the right thing. You've also served so many other people because this is a hot one right now with supposedly going and being a secret shopper to buy uh, gift cards or stored value cards and give the crooks the information. And man, I'm so glad you didn't get taken. Yeah, my dad actually told me, he was like, it's a scam. They've been doing it for a while now. And I was like, but this check looks so legit. And the amount of the check was a scare for me itself. It's $3,050. Then that three thousand fifty, you'd cash it. You'd use the money to buy those cards. The difference that you're supposed to keep, that's all you would end up with because the rest of the money, you'd have to make it up to your bank. All that money and the crooks would take you to the cleaners. So I'm glad your dad said that, and I'm also glad you called as a great warning to others. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com slash ask. Producer Joel asks it for you. All right, Clark, we got one from Kathleen. She says, is there an app or a website where you can set the type of car, the make, the model, and the year you're looking for uh, when buying a used car and have it work for you in searching multiple states and multiple dealerships for that type of car? Yeah, and the company that has the most umph in that right now seems to be Car Gurus. I don't know who owns them or anything, but CarGuru has listings for dealers, mostly, and then individuals. And you pick the radius. You put in the make, the model. You can select the years you want, other particulars about the vehicle, how many miles on it. And then you decide, I'll go up to 500 miles away, or I'll go 200 miles away, or I'll go anywhere in the country. And it gives you a really good survey of the inventory that's available across the country, but again, mostly from car dealers. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at clark.com and clarkdeals.com.